Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. If you guys don't know, I love highlighting other amazing Christian creators. I'm not trying to build a cult of personality here on this channel. Ultimately, I'm after truth. I'm after empowering people to walk with Jesus, walk with Jesus long, live a holy set apart lifestyle and thrive on this side of eternity. And I got to send a big shout out to Dr. Sean McDowell, who put out a fire interview today that I am going to be reacting to. You really, really should watch the entire the entire interview about this concept of Christians deconverting, deconstructing, deconstructing, then deconverting. And basically what we're finding, according to the studies that the PhD who was on his channel, his name is John Marriott, I think that's how you say it, found is that for every one person that's coming to Jesus, four people are leaving the faith. He wrote his dissertation on this, a book, and they go over this book. I'm only going to react to a couple of clips, but I need you guys to go watch the full interview. I'm going to be having Dr. Sean McDowell on soon. He's at Biola, which is right up the street, so I kind of want to do it in person, but we might just have to have it virtually because this brother's been dropping heat. All right, here we go. Describe how, uh, and again, I appreciate this. You say each person has a unique deconversion story. We can't put people in a box. But there's also a common path, so to speak, that people journey down in their deconversion. Uh, You have seven steps. You don't have to walk through all seven. But what are some of the big keys that people commonly walk through in this process? Big Hmm. steps. Yeah, the first would be something like a context that everyone comes out of. Oftentimes, not always, but often, the context that people come out of is one that's very rigid, one that's inflexible, one that has high demands, one that elevates a lot of doctrines to the area, to the level of a non-essential. One that's very rigid, inflexible, and elevates a lot of doctrines to the areas of non-essentials. I feel like this is what I've been saying on this channel for the last six to eight months consistently is when we take non-essentials and we elevate them to the top of essentials and then we create a black and white fundamentalist all or nothing binary view of the entire world that is setting somebody up for deconversion now one out of every uh for every one person coming to faith according to the studies they looked at in this book there's four people leaving the faith okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to some passages okay i'm gonna go to to, to, to matthew chapter 11 jesus says for John came neither eating nor drinking. This is him responding to the critique of the, of the Pharisees. He says, for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a wine uh, a biber or, or a drunkard, um, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And then Jesus says, but wisdom is proven right by her children. Wisdom is justified by her children, meaning that. There's so many folks that want to, that want to, uh, you know, split hairs over this doctrine, that doctrine. You can't do this. You got to do this, right? But at the end of the day, 
We're looking at why people are deconverting. And the number reason, the number one reason, it seems why they're deconverting is a very hard, high demand, low flexibility, black and white. Let's elevate all non-essentials to the areas of essentials. And let's put a yoke on people that, 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 that we can't really live, which then creates a hypocrisy and creates a disconnect from what actually following Jesus on this side of eternity means. I've been, I've been screaming this from the mountaintops for I don't know how long. And, you, and, and people continue saying, no, it's not fundamentalism. No, 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 it's not legalism. Fam, the studies are in. Okay, I don't know what, what, what else we need to discuss. Wisdom will be proven right by our children. Bad fruit, bad root. Okay, let's keep watching. Let's keep watching. Also, that might say someone, uh, you know, maybe a little anti-intellectual. Uh, don't go off to university or college because that they'll just ruin ruin your mind there. Um, and also, very exclusive, feeling like uh, very exclusive. Oh, sound familiar? Watch this. Feeling like what? Feeling like everyone else outside of your group, outside of the Christian church, is evil, is worldly, is bad. It will be a terrible influence on you, and that doesn't even necessarily have to be if you're coming from an evangelical, fundamentalist, conservative background, then it's not just people outside the church. It could be, it certainly probably would be people who are Catholics. It would be people maybe in other denominations that don't Mm. have the same views that you would hold to the point where it's almost as though you feel as though you're the only group that's out there that really has a handle on what the Bible teaches. So the content, it's almost as if you're the only group out there that has a proper handle of what the Bible teaches. Does this sound familiar? Anybody? Does this sound like the majority of Christianity today with 40,000 different denominations that all take different secondary doctrines or opinions or convictions and elevates them to the place of essentials? Does this sound like anything we're familiar with? Does this sound like a lot of the, the, the Christian YouTube space? A lot of the stuff that get that gets that, that gets popping is the what? It's the us versus them. We are the only ones that got all the answers. It's us. It's, it's, it's our camp. Your camp is wrong. Our camp is right. What are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about some secondary doctrine. We're talking about Calvinism. We're talking about tongues. We're talking about this, right? Hey, hey, the, the PhD said it. The doctor said it. I didn't say it. The doc, go leave Sean McDowell and, and, and John Marriott, PhD, an angry message. Don't leave it here. They said it. I didn't say it. Text is really important, very okay. rigid. Second, there would be some kind of a crisis. Very rigid. Okay, let's keep going. We're going we're gonna to go deeper and deeper. Very rigid, very strict. Let's keep going. Okay, 27, this is 27 minutes in. Number of people who left their faith from a more fundamentalist. He just goes out and flat. He like, look, Sean, Sean, Sean like is easing in there, and then he just flat, flat out asks them. I'll, I'll replay the question for you guys. I love, the, I love this interview, man. Oh, gosh. I love this interview, but I just, the same stuff I've been saying, I'm just so happy that smarter people have, have are saying it. I'm so happy that it's not just me saying it, there's other people that are smarter than me with degrees that are saying this, that have done studies to prove freaking research and dissertation that are saying this. Listen, listen to what Sean said. He just flat out asks. He's flat out asks. That's what he's saying. Number of people who left their faith from a more fundamentalist background because in my experience and research, I consistently find that, but I haven't done the objective data that you did. Is that is there a correlation or connection there? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's one of the reasons why so many people who leave their faith speak of, of being set free. I th- do, do, do the majority of people who leave their faith, according to the research, leave 
from a more fundamentalist background? What is his answer? Yeah, that's why the majority of them saying that they're been set free. Wait a minute. Isn't Jesus supposed to set us free? Oh, maybe that it's not the same Jesus. Mm. I think that um, that there is, you know, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Mm. You know, Take my yoke upon you for it's easy and you'll find rest for your souls. And so many of the people who have left uh, the faith for whatever reason, describe a, a background that was far from being restful or light. In fact, it was very burdensome. It was cumbersome. It was like a millstone around their neck because there were so many rules and regulations that they had to follow. For I mean, I came out of a background somewhat similar to this. So my, my grandmother, who's a, probably the greatest influence in my life for, for the Lord, wow. um, was a wonderful woman uh, with about a fifth grade education. So very simple, but a great faith. And and I grew up thinking that, you know, you should never dance, that you should never, ever go to a movie theater, never. Sound like some of y'all in my comment section. You should never, you can't, can't do this dance, can't watch these movies, can't do this, can't do that. Play cards, never have anything to do with alcohol, never, never be around people who smoke. Can't, 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 can't drink alcohol, can't do this, can't do that. Cigarettes, all of these things. Can't, can't even be around people who smoke cigarettes. For, worldly activities mm. and there were all kinds of rules that she felt like she needed to follow and um this is very similar to the people who come out of uh who who identify as as former christians a good number of them i would say the majority of them that i've spoken with wow. or stories okay. i've read come from these kinds of backgrounds <sighs> I mean, do we keep going? The vast majority of them. I, I keep saying, how do you avoid deconstruction? You construct it right the first time. How do you avoid having a faith crisis? You build your faith on Jesus and not on religion and not on legalism. Here, here's the solution. Here it is right here, okay? Avoid setting people up for a crisis of faith. I don't care how long you've been following Avoid Jesus. In Let me pause that. Don't care how long you've been following Jesus. Here's here's where we're going to land. I, I, I don't want anyone to have to go through the process of deconversion. I don't want anyone to go through a process of, of, of faith. Here Here's the solution. He's, he's going to give us the game right now. He's going to give us how do we avoid this, okay? How do we avoid this? I'm going to give you guys a nice illustration at the end of this to glue this all together. But but here here it is. Here's, here's the application point. Listen, listen, listen. If you don't want to go down the same rabbit hole, if you don't, if you don't want to be on fire for Jesus one day and then swing in the opposite pendulum. Okay. Here it is. Listen, here it is. Here's the solution. It's real helpful. You said to actually to avoid setting people up for crisis of faith. You suggest, quote, we avoid instilling a stifling and restrictive faith in believers by placing on them no greater burden than necessary for PhD them to be Christians. No burden necessary than that what requires them to be Christian. What do you mean by not placing a greater burden on people uh, necessary to be Christians? Mm. Right. Well, this is where people start to turn the 
turn the channel off if I say the wrong thing. <laughs> in, the, in the book of Acts, you have the first Jerusalem council where there is this argument that's going on between the believers who are saying, look, we have these Gentiles who are now followers of Jesus. And we think that we should be making them follow all of the Jewish kosher laws. And then you have another sect saying, no, we shouldn't impose on them any burden that's greater than than what's required. Mm. And the argument that carries the day is the argument by James, who says, look, we don't need to have these folks believe and, and hold on to extra Jewish kosher laws. And I'm trying to say something sort of analogous to that, which would be this, is that there is this historical Christian orthodoxy that goes back to the first century. There is this historical Christian orthodoxy that goes back to the first century. That is expounded in the text of the scripture, but is actually really uh, laid out and distilled in some of the early creeds. And in the- it's in the scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 2, John chapter 3. It's in the scriptures, right? Titus chapter 3. But there's also these creeds. Okay, talks about the Apostle Creed, the Nicene Creed. Those creeds, they say that here are the boundary markers of what it means to be a Christian. If you go past these and you have different views than these, then you are non-Orthodox. You are not in the right belief anymore. But those beliefs are, are, are you know, you could distill them all to less than half of a page. So, there has historically been... These are the closed-handed essentials of the faith. These are the open-handed, non-essentials of the faith. If we know what the closed-handed essentials of the faith are, and we focus on the closed-handed essentials of the faith, which for extra uh, extra credit, homework for you guys, go look up the Nicene Creed, go look up the Apostles' Creed. It's all very basic stuff. If we know what the essentials are and we focus on the essentials and we focus on pressing into Jesus, and this isn't about watering down sin, this is saying, what does historical Christianity look like? And we press into that, the, the rest of it will fall into place. All the secondary, the convictions, all that other stuff. The issue that we have is we have this the, 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 the open-handed doctrines, and we keep placing the open-handed doctrine, your conviction on tongues, your convictions on predestination, your convictions on fill-in-a-blank, alcohol, secular music. And we say, if you don't agree with, these, with us on these, you're out. And now we put them here. This is fundamentalism. This is legalism. By the way, there are some things that are fundamental. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the essential historical orthodox doctrines. Okay, we don't water those down. So we have these essential doctrines. We don't we don't compromise on those. Okay, we we we, we do not compromise on those. The other ones, hey, we can have dialogue. We could uh, you know uh, explore different ideas. So I'm gonna tell you guys a quick story. I have my brother Joseph Solomon on the channel. Shout out to Joseph Solomon, friend of the channel. Joseph Solomon was was really one of the first people to kind of help set my channel into motion in terms of like me being open to talk about faith because I looked at the space of where faith was and I was just like oh, I don't really want to I don't want to talk about this stuff. Like this stuff is so so combative and so toxic. And he he shared a story about him uh, him going through his own kind of like deconstruction process. If you guys don't know who Joseph Solomon is, super dope artist. Uh, YouTuber, Christian, and he said when he goes on these long trips, when he goes on these super long trips, and he's traveled everywhere, he's traveled to all over parts of Africa, he's traveled everywhere, he says when, when he goes on these super long trips, he says, if I want to, if I want to travel long, he says, I can't 
travel with a bunch of baggage and luggage. He says, if I want to travel long, I have to travel light. If I want to travel long, I have to travel light. And so he says, in my following Jesus, he said, I had to put down some of the baggage that I had and just keep my theology light. What is my theology? It's these essential historical orthodox beliefs that we've all held throughout history. Okay. And if you want to travel long, hold on to those, hold on to those, hold on to those tight, everything else travel light. So if you want to go, if you want to, you know, I want to walk another 30, 40, 50, 60 years with Jesus, right? So what I'm not going to do is be a thousand point Calvinist. What I'm not going to, right? You guys following along? So when we travel, if, we, if you want to travel long, travel light. Don't put a bunch of other stuff on top of your faith. Don't put a bunch of other things as absolutes because what tends to happen is if someone pulls on a thread of one of those secondary doctrines or convictions that you've made absolutes and they pull on that thread, your whole faith goes kapoof. And then you start this process of deconstruction and then deconversion. Okay, so if you want to travel long, Travel light. Know what those essentials are. For extra extra credit homework, go look up the Nicene the Creed and go look up the Apostles' Creed and sit with 1 Corinthians chapter 15. All the essentials of what we're supposed to believe are there. And it's more or less what we've believed historically. So hopefully this is helpful. If you have any angry comments, uh, send it to J- uh, Sean McDowell or John Mayer. Go, go subscribe to Sean's channel. Watch this full interview. It's bananas. All right? Love you guys. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Hey, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you found it valuable, please consider giving it a like and subscribing. You can check out one of the other videos related to this that'll be over here. Now, I got to tell you about a free training I have for anyone that is an entrepreneur, a creative, an artist, but maybe you are unsure on how to find your voice, how to find your niche. I have a free training in the description of this video. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you, and I will see you on the next video. Bruce Lawn. I got to do part two. Oh, you guys are going to hate me for part two of reacting to this video with Sean McDowell and John Marriott, PhD. They did a study on deconversion in the church. They they did the math. They ran the math. They looked at the numbers, and they found out that for every one person that's coming to a saving faith in Jesus right now, there's four people Four people that are leaving the church. And as they went down this rabbit hole, they found out that the the number one reason, the thing that connects all of it is fundamentalism, legalism, is taking non-essential doctrines, placing them in the place of essentials, taking things that are convictions, taking things that have been debated for thousands of years, placing them to 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 the level of salvation, to the level of heaven or hell issues. And they're saying, this is what it is. They, 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 the vast majority of people that he's interviewed in this book have all came out and said, Hey, you know what? The reason why I'm here is because I can't, I come from a very fundamentalist, like strict, hardcore background. The book is called The Autonomy of Deconversion. It's incredible. The interview is pinned below. You guys should go watch it. But I'm going to dig a little deeper here that's that's going to upset some of you. And uh, just buckle up. Just buckle up. I've I've never been afraid to, to ruffle a few feathers here. But I'm just, I'm just pre-warning you. Okay, just, just buckle up. I'm going to pick up in this interview, and this is where it's going to get uncomfortable, okay? I think that all of those have to be secondary and tertiary doctrines that we're willing to say, look, these are important, and we think that as Christians, we need to 
uh, follow Jesus's word and we need to study it and know it. But we also need to have an intellectual humility that says, but we're, we're not exactly certain that these that were completely right on our interpretation of these texts because so we need to have a degree of intellectual humility we need to take the word seriously but we need to have a degree of intellectual humility and say hey listen we don't we don't know if our interpretation of these texts is is absolute and we have all the answers by the way if you're finding value from this video do me a solid give it a quick thumbs up i would really appreciate that and so there is freedom there to think through and maybe to hold or reject some of these different views but when it comes to these top tier non uh, non-negotiables remember the, the essentials of the faith these are things we don't d- debate this is talking about first corinthians 5 this is talking about the nicene creed the apostles creed or certain things they're just off the table we're not going to debate these but there's other things that are open-handed doctrines. He's going to get to one that, that's going to offend some of you, and I'm going to go even deeper with it and offend some more of you, and you're not going to like it. Those are the ones that I think that we need to be able to say, hey, look, it's super important that you believe that God created the heavens and the earth and that human beings are created in the image and in the likeness of God. Amen? 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 Amen. Now watch what he says next. How he did that, you can be very persuaded that it's six days, or you can be persuaded that it's a long period of time, or it's something in between, and and allow people that flexibility. Because without that flexibility, Mm. we build this very rigid and very fragile house of cards theology that says, if you don't believe X, then the entire Christian edifice crumbles, and and someone says, I don't think I believe X anymore, for Mm. example. I think evolution is true, then that card gets pulled out, the whole house of faith collapses. And someone says, I don't think I believe X anymore. For example, I think evolution is true. Then that card gets pulled out, the whole house of faith collapses. When you build your house on the literal six days of creation, someone presents evidence that counters that, and they pull that card, boom, your whole house crumbles. Okay? I didn't know where you were going when I got to the end of the book, but when I read you describing what you just described, to me it was like a breath of fresh air. My philosophy is let's uh, let's find unity on the essentials and have as much charity as we can on secondary but important issues. So that... Woo! Okay. All right, so hopefully we're all following along. He says, hey, we, we got to have unity on the essentials. Sounds like something I've said 100 times on the channel. He says, and then all these other things we need to have charity on, okay? And he, and he talks about specifically people going off to college and getting exposed to evolution. And then because you've been taught and held a fundamentalist, legalistic view of a literal six days of creation, boom, that card gets pulled, your entire faith collapses. Again, we're discussing why people deconvert. Now, I'm going to, you guys aren't ready. Buckle up. And we're going to draw a parallel. I got to send another shout out to another fantastic channel, Southside Rabbi, my brother KB and Amin. Oh, buddy. They had Isaiah Thompson on. Oh, no. Ruslan, you're going there. You're, yes, I, I got this is a fantastic you should watch this episode but listen listen to what Isaiah Thompson says and how he parallels this super controversial topic and how he parallels it to the very exact point that was just made listen 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 oh you guys are gonna hate me after this we we create a big mess if we 
situate these dichotomies that either you are going to be a Christian or you are going to be a critical race theorist. Because what happens when you conflate critical race theory so much so that it's anti-Christian, so then all of a sudden you have someone who's learning about this, who has grown up in the faith, and then all of a sudden says, I think critical race theory makes sense, but apparently it's it contradictory with, uh, with Christianity. So now I have to drop my religion to carry this thing because wow. no one bridged the gap. And we see this happen in North America all the time. Mm. Say that. With the discussion of evolution. Say that. Wow. You think Christians in Europe had this... Uh, uh, Christians in Europe were saying, okay, you know, how can we understand evolution? Should we be scared of it? What, how should we engage it? Right? And then here in America, it was keep it out of the schools. I know it's awkward. Can you just feel that tension? Can you can you feel the tension? Oh, I could see the anti anti racist. Oh, they're so angry and they're typing away in the chat. Oh, you're such a woke Marxist. Ah! Let's keep watching. Mm. We don't want to engage it at all. And then guess what? You guess science what in general. Then yeah. all of a sudden you have these these Christians who were maybe homeschooled, were sheltered from like evolution. You? you were homeschooled, right? I was homeschooled. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you go to college. Wow. Not a Christian college. You go to a state school. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you have a professor who's a PhD, more brilliant than your parents, and they just describe what evolution is, and it makes sense to you, but all of a sudden, you think in your mind, evolution and Christianity cannot fit together. They're inconsistent. So now I need to drop my faith. We get, We gave them no tools. Wow. No tools at all. That's so good. And so when we take critical race theory and we conflate it to this dichotomy, rather than seeing it as something that is so complex, diverse, that is changing, it's changing because humans are interacting with it. Anytime a human takes a theory and does something with it, it is altered because it's being applied to that human being's perspective. Right. right? And so you're going to create a problem where there will be Christians... And, it, and if critical race theory is something that's being taught in, in schools, which, which by the way, Woo-wee. oh man, if we are scared to teach lenses of interpretation, what are we doing? What, like, like if, we're in trouble. Like, we're teaching, we're putting Christians in a bubble again. That's exactly what we want to do. Like if we are not instructing our children how to apply different lenses to different things and interpret it for their sake, maintaining their autonomy. Lenses do not steal your autonomy. Right, 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 right. Right. You use them by way of your autonomy. You say, I want to understand this through this framework. Right. And so me, I myself am applying this because I see how this fits together. This is my stake in the argument, my stake in the game, right? If we're scared of a theory, I think we have bigger problems. True. But again, if we are just taking this... Mm. And say, you can either be a Christian or you can be a critical race theorist. And there's no bridging conversation whatsoever. Mm. We're going to have big problems. Brother, you hit that mug out the park. That thing is across the street, rolling down a hill. Go watch the full... If you're struggling with this concept of CRT, go watch the full... Southside Rabbi episode. As a matter of fact, everybody should go watch the full Southside Rabbi. That, that, that's 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 family. That that I've been on their channel. I was just on their channel. They've been on my channel. They'll be on my channel again. Shout out to Isaiah Thompson. This is an incredible conversation about this topic. I recommend you guys all watch it. They're doing a three part series on this very these very exact shenanigans that we're seeing 
And and by the way, it's the, is it, have you have you noticed that it's the same talk? It's been this hasn't it been the same talk by the vast majority of evangelicals on this topic? Right? Hasn't it been the same exact talk? And 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 you know, 20 years ago it was evolution. And before that it was whatever, right? It's the, it's the same thing. It's like we're rehashing the same thing. It's the same culture war. By the way, this is not, this is not an endorsement of everything that CRT teaches or nothing like that. It's saying, "Hey, if you now otherize people on the other uh, and you say, "Hey, you're either this or you're that." And then people find something that seems aligned with this. Now they feel like they have to reject their entire Christianity. You're setting people up. You're setting people up to deconvert from the faith. And it's unfortunate and it's sad. It's sad. Okay? So, this is this is this is not me endorsing everything critical race theory says. This is not me um, um, saying I'm an apologist for critical race theory or anything like that. Okay? This is this is a theory. And it's a lens, and it's, by the way, it's wildly diverse. Just like, you know, in Christianity, there's like 4,000 Baptist denominations. Yeah, there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of all types of different views on CRT, by the way. Yeah, and, and by the way, the vast majority of what people are calling CRT, the vast majority of what people are calling CRT, the Robin D'Angelo's, the white fragility, the meritocracy is white supremacy, Christianity is white supremacy, um, right? All that, all that hogwash, nuclear family is white supremacy. The vast majority of that isn't even CRT. It's, that's not even CRT. That's bad, poor, terrible, trash, anti-racist training. And Robin D'Angelo is a white liberal, by the way. Okay, and the vast majority of my brothers, my, you know, KB, Amin, Show Baraka, Lecrae, fill in the blank, Eric Mason, whoever, right? Chris Bouchard didn't even know what critical race theory was until after it was used to weaponize as a as a pushback against the George Floyd uprising and the George Floyd protest. Herein lies the issue. Here is the fundamentalism, and it's happening right before our very eyes. And now you're either you're either a Christian or you're a woke leftist Marxist liberal. If you if you say anything about justice, instead of saying, "Hey, no, no, let's have this conversation," no, no, let's have a let's have an uncomfortable conversation. What, let's talk about it. No, 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 no. You, it's you got to throw everything out and anything anything related to saying justice, racism, white supremacy completely thrown out and it's all bad and it's all out the window and if you say anything like that well Ruslan you're a Marxist woke snowflake SJW liberal and you're not a Christian they don't say you're not a Christian but they they more or less say that they they equate it to an essential doctrine so you again now we're all over again all over again we're now more identified by what we're against so homework Go check out the Southside Rabbi, the full episode. Check out the full episode. And they're going to be doing a multi-part series. I'm, I'm, I'm on their Patreon team. So if you want to see part two, sign up for their Patreon. Um, sign up for our Patreon as well uh, if you want to get exclusive content and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully this is helpful. Let me know what y'all think. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you found it valuable, please consider giving it a like and subscribing. You can check out one of the other videos related to this that'll be over here. Now, I got to tell you about a free training I have for anyone that is an entrepreneur, a creative, an artist, but maybe you are unsure on how to find your voice, how to find your niche. I have a free training in the description of this video. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you, and I will see you on the next video. 
Holy smokes, you made it through the entire episode. Shout out to you. Probably means you're rocking with what we're doing. And again, we ain't got no sponsors on this show, and I'm going to keep it that way. But what you can do to keep it sponsor-free is consider signing up for our King's Dream Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Best way to get a hold of me, best way to hop into a group Zoom call, and the best way to partner with what we're doing here. Help us create more stuff just like this. Thank you for listening. Peace.